session three. Does everyone have their session three notes? If you don't know what we're talking about, you don't have it. Do you have it for tonight? The Okay, I'm assuming by... No, we need some right in the back. We, we've got one, two, any more? Session three. Clayton right over here or Cindy. Sarah, did you need one there? The pictures on these are pretty good tonight, aren't they? There's no pictures. That was a joke. The, you know, I wrote a book. Did y'all know that? I really did. That's not a joke. The book may be a joke, but I wrote a book. And I always tell people the best thing about the books, the pictures. There's one picture. It's of me. <laughs> I say that humbly, of course. All right. Everybody has got got session three. Now, if you need a copy of session one or two after church with the blanks filled in, we have those down here for you. So come and get some of those. Uh, we, we want every week to make sure if you weren't here or if you need to catch up that you'll have that. But it is great to see you. We're talking about how to learn how to share our faith. I'm going to give you a, a clue. Sunday morning, we're starting a new sermon series called your, your calling, and, and we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 5, and that's from verse 11 through chapter 6, verse 2, and about that God has called you. If you're a Christian, your highest calling ever is to help other people come to Jesus Christ. Your first calling is to come to Christ, and your second calling after that is to help other people. So no matter what you do for a living, you're retired. All of us have a, We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We talked about this for the last two sessions. A lot of times people say that, that one of the biggest things they have they struggle with sharing their faith is they don't know how. We're trying to equip you to do that. Amen? Amen? Okay. Good. Just say amen when I say that, just even if you don't know what I'm saying. So we're going to triple tide next Sunday. Amen? amen? All right. I heard you. So did God. <laughs> Our memory verses for the last three weeks, you know, we, we've, we've given you verses, uh, Romans 323, before you put it up there, Jamie, does anybody know it? For all women have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Is that what it says? Wait a second. My, the preacher translated, well, I'm kidding. What does it say? Huge theological ramifications there, right? And Romans 623 says what? Y'all know this semi-well. Some of you do. The price for sin is not good, is it? But Jesus has a remedy. Romans 5, 8 is one of the great verses in the Bible. But God demonstrates his... I do this every week, and it always sounds like we're more charismatic than we are. That's good. We need to be more charismatic. Mark and Alice Gibson, great to see you guys. They came, they heard about this equipped training and they flew in from North Carolina tonight. Isn't that great? It is great to see you guys. This is where you belong. You need to move back to Ruston. Um, we, we love you guys and glad you're here. All right, we're going to do a quick review before we get into some of our things for this evening. 
Number one, we talked about this the first week, the four keys to being an effective witness. If you're filling in your blanks, this is a review. We won't do this next week, but there's four keys. This isn't exhaustive, but I think these are fundamental to being an effective witness. Number one is your own relationship to Christ. Your own relationship to Christ. Some of us don't witness because we're not saved ourselves. Or we don't, we don't walk with God. And when you don't walk with God, you don't have a passion for other people. You don't have a, you're not filled with the Spirit. You're not going to be an evangelist. Don't think that sharing your faith or evangelism is something for somebody who has this gift or, or that's just their thing. It's anybody's thing who has Jesus and who's connected with Jesus. Number two, properly understanding salvation. Properly understanding salvation. Clayton, we got we to gotta have a, semi, a simple grasp, don't we, if we're going to explain it. Uh, you know, I said last week, I cannot explain to you nuclear physics. I just, ke- Kelly Crittenden can. I cannot. And so I'm not going to be able to win people over to, to become nuclear physicists, right? You've got to have a simple grasp of salvation to be able to help people cross that line. And number four, or excuse me, number three is understanding man's lost condition. If everybody's saved, if everybody's going to hell, if God's already chosen some and not chosen other ones, then that's not as crucial, but it, we don't believe that here at First Baptist. So understanding man's lost condition. Norman, people are lost without Jesus, aren't they? That's a bad spot. And number four is prayer. I was going to put tithe in there, but I thought that'd be manipulative. So, Dr. Holly, would you agree tithe would help there, though? But we'll go with, we'll go with prayer. Okay, last week we talked about how to share your own salvation testimony. How to share your own salvation testimony. Remember, your testimony is what someone's done in your life. And if you're a Christian, you have testimonies of God answering prayer, God meeting financial need. How many of you have a testimony of God meeting a financial need in your life? Man, when I was a young preacher and poor, man, I'd pray, I'd, I'd tithe, I'd give, and I'd say, God, please. Because I'd hear these stories about people opening up the mailbox and there'd be a check for $1,000. And then I'd get a call, somebody want me to do some work. God ever do you that way? You pray for money and God sends you a hoe and coveralls. So <laughs> God's got a great sense of humor, doesn't he? But hey, that's a good way to earn, earn money, isn't it? So this is your salvation testimony. This is your testimony of what Jesus did, how he saved you, okay? So we're narrowing it down. There are four parts to your salvation story. And this is the old CWT. Uh, many of you are familiar with that. Christian witnessing training program, 30 years old. Great program. But, but here is the four parts. And I think these are so good. My life before Christ. You haven't always been saved. I'm telling you, I've heard people in Ruston tell me they've been a Christian their whole life. No, they have not. They may have be, been a peach eater a Rustonite, a Techite, their whole life. They have not been saved their whole life. My life before Christ. Number two, how I realized I needed to become a Christian. How I realized I needed to become a Christian. How did God get your attention? What happened? Number three, how I became a Christian. When you're witnessing to people, listen, guys, don't assume they know anything about the faith 
and they may not, most people don't know near as much as, as, uh, as we think that they do. Don't assume. So share with people how you cross that line. And number four, my life since I became a Christian. My life since I became a Christian. Would you agree with me this evening, Jesus need, needed to have made a difference in your life? Absolutely. And sometimes for some people, again, that's, that's not as outwardly visible as it is for others. But we know in our heart he's made a difference, right? Okay. Here's the last part of this for we're going to call three people to the stage. I need to be able to share my salvation testimony in two minutes. Now, like I said last week, you may be asked to, in a Bible study group or a small group to share your t- testimony. I've done it in churches where I've taken 20 to 25 minutes. You have a little more of a captive audience. When you're at the beauty shop, the barber shop, the ball game, you need to be able to share these things in about two minutes. I did that last week, and we had three guinea pigs volunteer. You remember Ross Pro? he talked about the volunteers. You remember that? Does that sound like him? The volunteers. You know, he was going to become president and let us run the country. Yeah, right. We believed that, didn't we? Anyway, the volunteers are Tara, Judy Noll, and Greg Phillips. Come on down. <laughs> Jamie, is this mic, does it work? I hadn't done anything with it. I'm just asking. Is this a good mic? Okay. I don't know how to do anything with it anyway, I don't think. Here, Greg, you're an insurance guy. Do you know? Yeah. Okay, we're going to let... Greg, why don't we let the girls go first? Ladies first. Hey, there we go. All right, Judy is going to share first, and Randy, we're making the spouses. Trey's not here, so Brandy. Spouses have to hit the gong. You remember the gong show, you old-timers? You have to hit the gong at two minutes, so Judy gets two minutes, boom. I'm just teasing, but you got two minutes, sister. I'm sick, though, so I Well, have a seat. (laughs) Just don't breathe on anything up here. (laughs) All right, Ready? When I first became a Christian, I read a poem, and the poem said something like, um, hold on, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) I just got nervous. Um, Can I do a restart? Absolutely. Okay, restart. Ready, Randy? When I first became a Christian, I read a poem, and and the poem talked about how I could not explain my faith in the manner of the theologian or in the words of the intellect because it came from this strong yearning of a young girl for something better, something more. I grew up in a Catholic household with a large family, normal dysfunction, and some additional dysfunction as well. And um, as what happens with many of us in our households, there was things that happened to me as a child that changed me forever. When I became a teenager, I became very rebellious and acted out um, based on all of the things that I had lived with as a child. And I became just outrageous. And then one day I met some people 
and they had something I wanted, something that was so beautiful, and, and there was this inexpressible joy, and I found out that was Jesus. I knew I wanted that and that I needed that and that my life needed to be different. So I gave my heart, I gave my life, and now today, I don't always do it right. I'm forgiven. I asked him, I recognized my sinfulness, I asked him into my life, and the cool thing is, even though sometimes I let go, he never does. He's here with me all of the time. Amen. Thank you. Randy, that was right at two minutes, wasn't it? 22. Do you got anything else you want to add? Or? <laughs> Tara, do you want to sit or do you want to stand? This is Tara Smith. I'm, I'm stand. Um, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I had no type of Christian influence at all. Um, and hadn't really, I kind of just was able to do whatever I wanted to do. So you can imagine as a teenager, I just did what I wanted to do. And my senior year in high school, I um, got a job that I was going to work at through college, drive back and forth. I'm from Minden, so it was in Minden. And my boss was a great Christian man, and he had a wonderful family. And um, they would constantly ask me to go to church, and, you know, I'd always come up with an excuse not to go. And and I um, decided kind of last minute that when I came to Tech that I was going to live here and not live at home. And so I was put with these two upperclassmen who were um, just great Christian girls who were very involved with the BSU. So I had, you know, in many areas of my life, I had just people pulling at me, you know, trying to get me involved. And um, my boss one night asked me, it was in October of 2000, I was a freshman in college, and he asked me to go to Heaven's Gates Hell's Flames at his church. And so I told him no so many times. I was like, okay, I'll go. And I can remember, you know, at the end, you know, after the whole program, they ask you, you know, if you were to die tonight, are you going to go to heaven or hell? And I knew I was going to go to hell at that point. And so um, his wife turned to me and asked me, and I told her, and I was just broken. And and the one thing that stands out to me from that night is I, I go down um, up front, and I remember we were like in a circle all around something. And there was a girl beside me who I knew and had grown up with, and she was like, wasn't that great? I come down every year. And I was just like, like, no, I'm not, that's not, that's, that's not what I'm looking for. You know, I, this, this is something that I want to like be my life, you know? And from that moment on, I mean, it was like, it clicked right then. I mean, my life completely changed. I mean, I went home, I mean, friends, boyfriend that I had for years, everything changed. And from then on, um, I, I just have lived my life for God. And I, you know, I, I, um, am just thankful for that that story, you know. Amen. Thank you. Andrea, you've been wanting to do this since marriage. You can holler at him if he... uh... She doesn't plenty, trust me. (laughs) Well, good evening, church. I'm Greg Phillips. I grew up in northwest Arkansas in Rogers, grew up at First Baptist Church there. And I remember... We would go every week, but I remember distinctly as a, about a nine-year-old boy going to Sunday school and hearing as if for the first time, I knew about God, I knew about Jesus, but it was that Sunday morning that the teacher was talking 
it was as, he, as if he was talking directly to me. And he was talking about God and heaven and how a perfect God could not allow sin, could not allow anything bad into heaven. And even as a nine-year-old boy, I knew hmm. I, I had stolen, I had lied, I had done stuff. And I knew if that was the, the line that, of perfection that I wasn't good enough. And so after Sunday school, I went and talked to the teacher and he shared with me the story of Jesus and about the cross and about how if all I had to do was ask Jesus to come take over, be the Lord of my life, that if I died, that God would see me as perfect. And so from that moment on, I said, I want that. And so I gave my life to Christ that morning. I was baptized a week later. But since I was nine, that's been 41 years ago. (laughs) Since that time, I have learned that Loving Jesus and and having a relationship with him is so much more than just a ticket into heaven. It's about walking with him on a daily basis, about, about reading his word, about just growing to be like Christ so that when I do die, that there won't be some... Dramatic, dramatic change in my life that I go to heaven. It's, it's, I'm just continuing to walk with Christ. And so uh, that's my story. Amen. Would, would you guys stay here for just a second? I, here's my observations. I think the author did a great job. And I think, I think you, you made it clear you were lost. You made it clear something got your attention. And you made it clear what you did. And that it's made a difference. And I think that's what, you know, for the classroom, that's great. I think in the real world, that's super. Y'all did a great job. Thank you so much. If you would like to share your testimony next week, come and talk to me afterwards. We would certainly love for a couple of you to. Here's the rules. You got two minutes. It's your salvation testimony. If you're mad about politics or you're mad about whatever, save that for later. Amen. We just want to hear about Jesus saving you. Okay. But if you'd like to do that, we, we would, we'd love for you to do that. Thank you guys so much for, for sharing. We don't have a lot of time, but we do have a few minutes. And, and what we're going to talk about tonight is the, using the book of Romans in witnessing. How many of you have heard of the Romans Road before? I think most of you have. And the Romans Road is talking about the book of Corinthians, right? No, it's talking about the book of Romans. And uh, I, it, this was probably this summer I had a chance when I was, was witnessing to somebody and it was in an environment where we were, we were close uh, in a physical proximity. I'd shared my testimony and then I got the Bible out and I walked through these verses with them and I allowed them to read these with me, which there's power in the Word of God when you do that. And th- these are great, great verses to use. We're going to give you next week a bookmarker with these verses on to help you, but I'd really encourage you to, uh, to, to learn them. So this is using the Roman road in personal evangelism. Evangelism, sharing the good news. It's the good news. Using the Roman road in personal evangelism. We're going to start with Romans 3.23. For all are sinners. We are all sinners. We all stand in the need in need before God. Greg, you were nine years old. And I shared this a week or two. I remember Andy talking about when he was eight or nine in Simsboro. 
understanding even at that young age something was amiss in your life and you can't identify that as a kid as being sin but you know something's not right moms and dads this is a great tool for you when your kids talk to you about wanting to get baptized and baptism is such a great visual thing people want to do it when they come to talk to us, one of the first things we'll ask them is not do you want to get baptized, but we'll ask them, do you do, you do stuff you shouldn't do? And it's amazing, a six- or seven-year-old will look at you sometimes and smile and say, nope, I sure don't. If they're polite, they'll say, no, sir. And we, we look at mom and dad, and we wink at them and say, bring them back in a year. <laughs> and it's amazing. Sometimes it's as little as six months later, that same child will come in. And you'll ask them, do you do things you shouldn't? And they'll look down because they think they're going to get in trouble. And they'll say they do. And I always assure them, your mom and daddy are rotten sinners too. (laughs) I really do. You know, I'm trying to make the kid feel comfortable. You know, well, your parents are sinners. And um, that's always good for family relationships when they go home. But... You have, to, you have to help people see. You know, somebody may tell, I don't do anything wrong. Just walk them through the little test. Have you, have you ever told a little white lie? Have you, ever, have you ever fudged on your taxes? Have you ever looked at a man or a woman in a way you shouldn't have sexually? <clears throat> Nobody but Jesus could say <laughs> they hadn't done any of those things, right? We, we've all sinned. So... You begin with that with a person. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. Listen, the, the reason the Pharisees, many of them, ended up busting hell wide open is they never would accept their sinfulness. And we, we are all sinners. Number two is the first part of Romans six twenty three. When I'm sharing this, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin, the payment for sin is death. This is physical and spiritual. When Adam and Eve sinned, God told them that they were going to what? They were going to die. And, and we, we understand, if you've been in church, that, that part of the price of sin is physical death, isn't it? And, and in heaven, it's, it's eternal what? Eternal life. And hell's eternal death. But, but spiritual, but, but death is not just physical, it's, it's spiritual it's spiritual death. That's the main part of it. The payment, Jeremy, if, if you, you manage people and you have people working for you, when you give them a wage, they supposedly have earned that, correct? Not always true, <laughs> but it's not a gift, is it? So God says what our sins earn is death. I mean, it's everybody's in the same boat. Our sin, the price of our sin is is death. But here's Romans six twenty three part B. Gotta love this. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, God has intervened and provided a much better option. God has intervened and provided a much better option. Listen, if I gave you the option of physical death, which we're all going to die physically as a result of sin, if I gave you the choice of spending eternity in hell or eternity in heaven, which option would you choose? You, you would choose heaven, wouldn't you? Absolutely. See, that's what God says. God says, listen, here's where you're headed. 
but I've got a solution for you. And the Romans 5, 8, this is, man, this, I love this verse. But God, I, I learned it years ago in the NIV, God shows, God demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How many of you have heard someone say, well, I'm, I'm going to give my life to Christ. I just need to get my act together first. That's, that's what the devil tells people, right? I'm going to get saved, but I need to quit some stuff first. God doesn't want you to quit stuff. He wants you to come to him and let him save you. And then it's amazing the stuff you quit, isn't it? See, God, God loves you so much. He loves that person you're witnessing to so much that he died for us. God loves us. And he proved it by sending his son for you, for me. God loves us and he proved it by sending his son for us. I'm going to touch on these last two and then we'll wrap it up and pick it up next week where we, we ended. But Romans 10, 9, and 10, these are crucial verses. Read these with me and then we'll fill in the blanks. Because if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. A person must accept, and I put a slash there, accept, believe, Jesus is God's Son. That he died for us and arose from the grave. For us, not for somebody out there, but for all of us. You're witnessing to somebody. You need to ask them, do you believe Jesus is God's son and that he died on the cross and arose from the grave? You can't be saved if, you don't, if you're not willing to embrace that. But I love this last verse, Romans 10, 13. Romans 10, 13 Cindy, I may want this on my tombstone someday. She's going to have on my tombstone Cindy's husband with a picture of her, and then I want this verse on there. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We must call out to Jesus. We must call out to Jesus for salvation. When we do this sincerely, he will save us. When we do this sincerely, he will save us. I think it was Greg who said that the, was his Sunday school teacher, Greg, that what a wonderful thing that, that explained to him, you, you, when you're willing to call out and ask Jesus to be your Lord, he's ready to do that when you do it sincerely. We're going to close here, and I want to ask you a couple of questions. I, I want to ask you, one, to keep praying for those people you know who aren't Christians or who you don't know if they're saved. Look for some opportunities this week to share your testimony, even if it's just practicing with a friend. Look for some opportunities to, to talk to somebody about this Romans Road this next week. Next, next week, we're going to look at Part of what we'll do is we'll pick up here and we'll look at how, how's a simple way to do it, how to effectively do it with someone. 
we're not going to have a, a come forward invitation this evening. Mary Celia, would you just come up and play something? Um, listen, her hands are always ready to go, aren't they, Reggie? She is ever ready, I guarantee you. Christian, share Jesus with people. I don't know how. Share your story. Walk them through Romans. It's easy stuff. That's easy stuff. Maybe you're here tonight, and the reason you're not sharing, one one or two, maybe you're not where you need to be with Christ as a Christian. You can make a decision where you are, and if you want to talk after church, I'll be right over here. Christian, get, get your heart right with Jesus tonight. And maybe, maybe the problem is you've never been saved. You asked Jesus to save you tonight. Talk to me after church. Let's seal that deal with God. Would you pray with me? Jesus, help us to be the men and women, the young people, the older people who love you and love people enough that we'll step out And not only invite them to church, but invite them into a relationship with you. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. And we ask you to make this church, God, a church that lifts you up and brings people to you. In your name I pray, amen.